Welcome to Strongest on the Field Radio, where we aim to educate youth athletes, sports coaches, strength coaches, and parents on sports performance. Welcome back, Internet. This is uh, Juan Guadarramstrongs on the field radio. Next to me, I got Big Joe. Big Joe, you want to say hi? Hello, everybody. Big Joe is uh, Papa Dr. Brooks' father. Uh, we met through uh, our GPP 65 and over class, and now we're best friends. And uh, I invited him here today to, to chit-chat a little bit. We have no idea what we're going to talk about, but let's go ahead and maybe give him a rundown of uh, where are you from? What do you do? Well, I'm originally from New York, moved out to California in 1978. I'm a retired speech therapist, and now I'm running a new gig of being an unemployed, mediocre folk singer, trying to get my body together. And a speech therapist teaches grammar, correct? Is that what you were saying earlier today? No, I don't. Uh, I do rehab. I work with people who have uh, uh, brain problems, uh, strokes, uh, respiratory failure, uh, ALS, uh, Parkinson's, uh, the like. So coaching? I'm a coach, yeah. That's a good way to put it. I'm a coach. Um, how old were you when you moved here? I was 31 years old when I moved here with a full head of hair. Adult? As an adult, with two little children. Um, what? So I want to get into your fitness background, and then wherever we go, we'll go. Uh, growing up, what was the idea of fitness? What, what did that mean? What did health mean? Was there... Um, Maybe an image? Did people go to the gym? Did, what, what did people do for Well, when I was growing up, and remember, it was a different era. You didn't have these sophisticated gyms at the time. Uh, the biggest gym at the time was Jack LaLanne's, and very few people really uh, subscribed to that kind of fitness because uh, it was kind of like everybody considered it over the top uh, and a vanity. Uh, so we Why was it over the top? Well, because this guy was really cut. Uh, he did some incredible things that... A lot more people. What year is this? This is going back to, uh, let's say, the 50s and the 60s. Okay, so there's a little, a uh, couple decades before Arnold? Uh, this is before Arnold. Right? Arnold really, he really brought it to the, uh, the, the forefront uh, just because he was acting. He's a showman. He was a showman. He's a businessman. He knew what he was doing. He so had this a goal. Is before that. Um, so it was really far fetched at the time it was far-fetched in fact i'm just thinking a thought now in the back of the comic books and in some uh, magazines sports magazines there was a gentleman his name was charles atlas and he was a famous bodybuilder world champion and he used to have these programs that he used to sell in the back of the uh, comic books so you could look like charles atlas did you ever try one of those I did what did they consist of just a lot of exercises wall charts uh little stick figure pictures didn't have the sophistication that we have today nor the trainers that we have today uh, we didn't think about food and health then uh, bread what was, was the quality of food though quality of food well can't go by me my mom wasn't a great cook um, but the, the food then was like you, know, you had your meat and potatoes uh, you had your cookies you had your uh, donuts uh, that's what we lived on what um, how old were you at the time well, we're talking about uh, up until I was in 
I would say until I reached college, I would say that uh, that's what was going on with my uh, my eating habits. What was was there any physical education at the school setting, school level? Well, we had PE, physical ed, and we would uh, have one period a day of phys ed, uh, and we would do basic things. We would do jumping jacks, climbing a rope, doing tumbles. Uh, but if you didn't want to do it, you stood off to the side. It wasn't really that organized. And were these teachers qualified, or who, was it just anyone who was maybe... If you're a PE teacher, you're also teaching either math or uh, English oh, okay. or science. One of those gigs. Right. Or you were the coach of uh, one of the varsity teams. What uh, What did you evolve to um, after that era? Because you mentioned you had done boxing before. I, well, I had, I had a, um, a role model, a cousin of mine uh, from Israel, who was the heavyweight boxing champion of the Israeli army. And he was undefeated. And he was my idol. I always wanted to grow up to be a boxer. And then Muhammad Ali came around, and I idolized him. And uh, so I tried my uh, my hand at boxing, and I was uh, not very successful. Uh, I learned uh, that I could take a punch too well. I enjoyed boxing. Did you, did you not enjoy training for it? I, I enjoyed the training. I enjoyed the sparring. I didn't enjoy the competition as much. How old were you when the Rocky movies came out? Because uh, that's a big influence on me. I remember as a child, my dad playing them. Well, at least once a year, we would do a Rocky marathon. Okay. Uh, and that got me into boxing for a little bit. Rocky came around. Well, when did it come out? 1976, I think. Something like that. Um, it was a great movie. Rocky. And the whole idea of Rocky being the, the downtrodden, uh, long shot, and then rising to the top and being humble about it. Uh, it was a great movie. It was just a great movie. It just told you about people. It was a great, great, great character. Uh, after boxing, um, I know you mentioned a lot about cycling. Was that something you got into when you were older? Has it become therapeutic? What's your relationship with cycling now? Well, when I was a kid, I used to like to ride around the neighborhood a lot. I was always into the bicycle. Uh, when I moved out here in 78, uh, right near my house, there's a bicycle path going right down the Iona uh, Creek. Okay. And I used to put my son, Jeremy, um, on this heavy metal baby seat. Uh, and I had a heavy metal bike. And we used to go down to the marina and back, which is a total of maybe 10 miles. I took a lot of breaks along the way. And, of course, since I was totally into health, and I also had to take a cigarette break at the end uh, and during. And... Um, it started there, and then I learned um, that the bicycle path is more than four and a half miles each way. How was convincing Jeremy to go uh, on the bike ride? How, how was that? Was the battle? Did he enjoy it? Because sure. me as a child, I, I fucking hated my dad taking me, and it's probably one of the biggest things I attribute to me becoming a pretty good athlete because I would get really pissed to mm-hmm. beat my dad, and I figured if I was better than him, he could no longer tell me what to do. What was your experience? Well, Jeremy was very young then. He was about three, four years old when I would put him on my bike. And he just enjoyed it. He just sat behind me and just... Oh, you didn't make him pedal. I was forced to pedal. We didn't have bikes like that then. Oh. This is like he was just on his seat and I carried him. He was my exercise. And we used to do this once a week. You mentioned uh, the cigarette break. How or what changed your mind on that? 
I tried many times to quit smoking. I spent a lot of money. I tried pills, acupuncture, uh, shock treatment, hypnosis, and I was better than all of them. I could go back to smoking at any <laughs> And uh, it really was well, well, it's, one day. When smoking came around, was, was everyone a smoker? Every, every one of my friends was smoking. When I first started, uh, my friends introduced me to smoking. How did it get popular? It was just, I mean, it was every, every actor did it. I mean, it was in the movies. I mean, everybody smoked. You smoked camels, you know. It's, uh, it's no filter. Did you ever have to... Um, what was your take on teaching your family and kids about health? Hmm. What tools did you have? Did you have any tools... Uh, has it changed? What were maybe methods? Because uh, for me, my, uh, you can get some time to, to think about it. Uh, as I was younger, my parents would try to make me eat a little better, exercise, obviously. Um, and then uh, at some point, I outgrew them and it flipped the switch to where like, I guess I'm a little bit more knowledgeable about it now. And I'm, I'm having to parent them. Absolutely. Uh, do, do you have a stance on health or has it evolved? Um, you know what, you, what you're saying, it, it, it rings in my head that when uh, my kids were growing up, uh, I didn't do any of the cooking. My, my wife did all the cooking, excellent cook. Typical, you know, we used the oils, we used the fats, we salted everything, sugar, all the wonderful good things that are really just wonderful for your system. And then as I learned about health, uh, and actually, it was through a chiropractor. Uh, I stopped eating as much sugar and things like that. But still, I, I wasn't eating healthy. Um, the way I graduated into that was uh, just... Uh, actually, I, I have to uh, give my son a lot of credit. Again, um, through his studies, I actually quit smoking. He called me up one day, and he said, Dad, I'm working on a cadaver. And obviously, that cadaver had lung cancer. And um, he asked me to quit smoking. He wanted me to live a long time. At the same time that day, my dad calls me up from New York. I hadn't spoken to my son, and he asked me to quit smoking. So that was a sign, and that day I, I was around, I'm going to say I was probably around 50 years old. Um, I just cold turkey. I just stopped. And the resulting thing is that I kind of like... Um, became a hero uh, and I'm, I'm not patting my back but to have my kids say that hey good job dad you quit smoking and look up to me for that um, it was worth it uh, as far as the health goes again times have changed we're more educated now we have more online on TV and it just makes sense you don't eat bad foods you're gonna have a better life it's, it's really that easy people who are smoking and having cigars and things like that and they may live to 100 they're an aberration what is your current stance on uh, on health? What do you think? What are the things that you stand for? Uh, like, I guess, like, uh, what type of exercise? What type of food? And uh, maybe what is what does your routine look like to stay healthy now? What you guys don't know is that Joe kills it at the gym. By the way, this is kind of a reason why we're having this conversation. Well, okay, if we're gonna do that, then I gotta tell you. That one. You like that setup? I like that setup. Now, <laughs> now, now I have to praise you. Damn, Damn it. it. <laughs> uh, okay, the bottom line is behind this back, I one has made an incredible impression and, and transformation here. Yes, the, the workouts are hard. 
I don't look forward to them. <laughs> um, I can't. I look at the clock to see what time it's going to end. But the when I walk out of here, I really feel every time like a new man. I feel re-energized. I'm 71 years old. There are days before I came here that I felt every single second of it. Now I feel rejuvenated. I'm not going to say I feel like a kid again. I just feel like a man who's 71 years old is where he should be with what nature has given him. I'm eating much more carefully. I'm watching other people be enthusiastic uh, about being healthy. I, I, to eat unhealthy again, I don't want to be that uncomfortable. What's your daily routine look like? My day, I get up early in the morning, about 5.30. I have my, I've been doing this for years. I do my little elixir of uh, warm lemon juice with uh, apple cider vinegar. Um, I'll walk around, I go up and down my stairs. I try to do about a thousand steps before I even take a shower up and down the stairs. I just keep, try to keep moving. I don't even want to watch it. When I'm watching television, I don't even want to sit down. I, I do most of my computer work. I'm standing up. Um, my day consists, I see patients still in retirement. I play my guitar. Uh, I'm getting really good at my mediocrity. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I try to just keep mellow. Uh, nothing gets to me. Traffic doesn't bother me anymore because uh, I listen to books on tape. Uh, life is good. What advice do you have for adults my age and maybe middle-aged adults? Or, or is it the same? It's Does it matter? We, you have to learn on your own. I mean, I can give you advice all, all day long. Okay, are you going to listen to me? No. I have to listen to you. Okay, it only goes one way. Okay, I'm going to do my thing. I'm, my whole thing is I want to be mellow. I don't want to feel the stress of life. We have enough going on around us. Does that just come from maturity and experience? Absolutely. Or? It comes with time. Some people get it sooner. Some people get it later. Some people who don't get it, too bad. Yeah. I feel bad for them. Um, let's go back to maybe your career path and your craft. How did you end up being a speech therapist? I wanted to be an actor. Uh, I wanted to be, I did a lot of community theater, musical comedy. Um, I was a folk singer in a lot of groups, and I was forced to go to college. I didn't want to go to college, and I was forced to go to college. And I was a dismal failure for about a year and a half. I was on academic probation until a teacher finally said, no, you got to do something. And I did. And I found out if you study, if you read the books, it's like, huh. it's like cheating. You know huh. the answers. Wow. Look at that. Wow. So I learned how to read that. You got to play the game. You play the game. And then I was in a speech theater program, which is simple. And then I took some speech therapy classes. And then I realized I'm not going to make money being an actor right away. So I better get a real job. So that's how it all started. So I got my degree in... 1971, my bachelor's degree, two years after I was supposed to. And then uh, in 1972, a year ahead of the program, I got my master's in speech pathology and audiology. And that's it. Brought me here. What are some people, what are some things that people assume about speech therapists that are not true? Um, we're not all as handsome as me. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not it. Um, people think that all speech therapists work with kids. And um, they don't, and they, we work with articulation to make sure that people articulate every single word correctly. That's not what I'm about. It's about getting people to communicate so they can do their daily living without stressing out. Uh, what is your approach to doing this? How do you do this? Uh, well, it's kind of like your approach. I tell a lot of jokes. 
we do things with like bring my guitar along sometimes uh, let's keep on talking uh, and just give them confidence that they're going to get better you're training you're not you're not in rehab you're training it's an look at, at, at your therapy as an athletic event okay if you don't work out you're not going to get better it's that simple yeah. You just got to trick them into speaking better. Just like I trick you to doing fitness. Oh, boy, are you a magician. <laughs> That's the trick. Otherwise, you're doing it wrong, right? Absolutely. Um, How am I doing so far? You're doing great. Thank you. Okay. I didn't, uh, by the way, I didn't set up Joe or tell him anything that we were going to do. So he's on the fly talking from the dome. And I also told him we don't edit. So whatever we get on here, we get on here. Mom, it's all true. Um, let's go not too far into personal life, but... What have you found or maybe found in the past to help you balance uh, work and maybe fulfillment in life? Because uh, we could easily get trapped into, well, I, I got to study more. I got to work more hours. Uh, I need more money. Um, is there any tips or ideologies that you've had to manage not going down a deep rabbit hole like that? Wow. Um, okay, when I started out, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I fell into speech therapy. If you're asking me what would I do all over again, I can give you a whole you know, story about that. But if I were to give anybody any suggestions, and I did that with my kids, follow your passion. Follow what, you, what makes you happy. And then there's a profession for that. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, uh, my son's a chiropractor. He has a passion for physical health. What better profession there? My daughter, uh, artistic her whole life, or, uh, uh, and, and excellent with artwork, sculpture, uh, anything with the hands, with the brain, when it came to creativity. She had it. And now she's a fashion designer and a big one. That's great. So you follow your passion. So it makes it just manageable, I guess. It's more than manageable. I mean, if you're, if you're following your passion, money is secondary to you. And you're going to make your money anyway. Can you tell us about your personal support team that have gotten you through tough times, through years? Who do you count on? For many years, I counted on my father. Um, and I counted on my brother. My dad uh, is someplace else now. Um, and my brother is still around. So my brother is probably my best friend. Not probably. My brother's my best friend. How often do you talk to him? I talk to my brother pretty much every day. And he lives in uh, New York. And we still talk uh, uh, pretty much every day. Uh, I love him. It's that simple. Do you guys clash heads? Constantly. <laughs> um, what are some of your the hats that you wear or wore? Roles, father, husband, goofball, artist. Okay, all right. I'm magician. A, I'm a father. Um, I, I really consider myself a uh, kind of a jack of all trades and definitely not a master of anything that I'm doing. I'm, I'm okay with what I'm doing. I enjoy doing construction. I, I've done a lot of my own building when I had my my own homes. Um, but the hat that I, I enjoy wearing the most, that really is the most important hat to me, um, and I have a label for that. They call me Dad. I, I'm i in that same boat where it's... There's just so many different layers to that. To, uh, like I always talk about the first one is, my child is not me, so I have to let that go, and you don't get to coach yourself as an own individual Absolutely. person. Absolutely with very different traits than myself Absolutely. Uh, and a constant reflection of yourself. I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm, 
oh, I'm doing great, or I'm a douchebag. Why Why do you not like to share? Yeah, or, see, you're an example of the questions you're asking me. You're following your dream. This is your passion. <laughs> I, you, you told me to find my passion. You I found it. My, my parents for the longest time asked me, what are you doing? Well, you, you told me to go find something to do, and I found it. You know, do you know what I found this inspiration on? I'm looking on, uh, on Instagram, and I see a video of you doing your exercises. And you were doing something like a push-up, whatever it was. But your kid was on top of you. He was, he was kind of like, uh, kind of like I, I don't, he was on you. And you were doing your exercise, and he, you were like one. It was like, it was like your kid and you were one. It, and you could see how relaxed and how much trust he had in you. Uh, that was so inspirational to me. I still see him. And if I, would, if I was starting over again, I would want that relationship with my kid. That to me is so important. I, I enjoy it. I, I, get, I get to pick him up every day from school, which is awesome. I don't know if everyone can, can say that they, they do that. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that my job allows me the freedom to go to do that uh, so I can build that relationship especially at a younger age I think it's very important for um, and even more important that father figure connects with their son I think sometimes that's difficult for men to show affection uh, and that has helped me become more affectionate it's something that I'm working on is developing a little bit better emotions um, so it's cool to see growth on both ends and have little opportunities to be tough on him, but also comforting and guiding him to be a better person than you were, right? Absolutely. Uh, I would say it was a, took me some time to mature. <laughs> right, so you're getting that early. The, the, the most important thing is you want your kid better than you to uh, succeed more. Absolutely. Are there any times that or do you have any examples of times where you struggle with that and how you've overcome that with your children? Or does each kind of age bracket serve its own challenge? It's evolution. Uh, there's a challenge every day. There can be a challenge every day. The days that there are no challenges are my days of nirvana. When there's a challenge, sometimes uh, you don't want that challenge. Uh, you want more perfection out of yourself. Let's talk about the time you uh, first decided to come to the gym. Uh, how or why? I think I talked to you the, the previous day. You want the truth? Yeah. You want the total truth? Let's go. Okay. Because, okay, so the, the setup is where I'm leading this to is uh, it, we've been finding it very difficult to get more people who are in our older 65 and over class. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of barriers to that. One, uh, fitness is newer than it is older, right? And especially this type of training, uh, maybe there's a little bit of... Uh, education that's not there so people are uneducated of what is what uh the environment here is a little aggressive and then you come and see Juan and this is this is supposed to be your coach and he looks like a meathead which he is uh, how did you go from deciding to coming in to i would say maybe buying in okay i didn't decide to come here it wasn't my choice let's get that <laughs> totally out of the way i did not want to come here um I had had my hip replaced uh, about a year and a half ago, and uh, again, I'm, I'm a long-distance cycler, 
and I'll, I'll put in my little brag now. Every year I would go to Europe and ride through these wonderful hills all over Europe, France, Italy, you name it. I've been to Europe climbing the venues that were in the Tour de France. And I'm not on an ego trip about that. It's just what we did. Uh, my hip went bad on me. I tried everything not to have surgery. I finally had hip replacement. And I never thought I'd be able to ride my bike again. And, and it's a downer. And, um, okay, I'm going to make this very, very quick. Um, I was going for treatment uh, with my son, getting adjusted. He's doing a wonderful job. And then one day he says, um, I got you hooked up for an appointment at this place called Deuce. And I saw pictures of him on Instagram and Facebook working out. I saw Deuce. And I drove by it a few times. Anyway, I talked once or twice to this guy, Juan, you, and... Uh, I mean, I didn't have a positive, negative impression. I show up, and I'm figuring, you know, it's a gym. Hey, I'm athletic, you know, post-surgery, but yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I go in there, and who's in the class? Okay, I got this guy who's older than me, post-stroke by about eight years. Another lady who looked like... Um, yeah, Linda at the time? I, I don't know who was there. I don't remember the name, but she, had, uh, she was out of shape also. There was somebody with that post-cancer, and I'm, and I'm sitting there, and I'm saying... What did my son put me into? I'm in a class for the handicapped? What is this? And let me tell you something. That was the last time I had a thought like that. These people, number one, were freaking incredible people. When I saw, you also, the, the, the gentleman, Jamie, was, who had the stroke, uh, physician, um, he changed also the way I looked at the way I was doing therapy with my patients. I mean, I always believe that people can get better, but this man, he was eight years post-stroke. He had, I think it was right-side weakness. And he's lifting weights. He was, doing, he was doing activities faster than me. Same weights. Had a great attitude. Funny guy. And, and look at me, you know? And I'm saying, I'm with the right people. Yes, you have other people around here who are really, you're like, you know, you see the bars, the, 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 the bars bend with the weights on it. Um, but... What I'm getting now far exceeds my expectations. And the biggest thing that I got, and I cried with this, is that I came home and I put myself on the floor and I got up off the ground without using my hands. You try that. You like those drills? I love the drills. I love the drills. I don't sit around anymore. I don't sit around saying, all right, I'll watch one more show. Oh, listen, I'll take... I'll sit around and just maybe I'll, I'll, I'll read another chapter. I want to be moving all the time the way I did before, and I am now. And I have to thank Juan, I'm thanking my, my son, I'm thanking Deuce. The environment here is incredible. And Juan, I, even though I'm sitting here with him, and I really don't like to feed his ego because it's big enough as it is, the guy's a freaking great trainer. He really is great. Uh, I feel no matter whether I'm with a group or, or I have, him, um, have you... By myself, I always feel like I'm getting an individual treatment, treatment a, a workout. I watch the other people at Deuce. The same thing goes on. It's a community. It's not going to a gym, and I won't mention the name like LA Fitness, but it's not like going to the gym and you're watching people in beautiful outfits. I'm around people who have beautiful thoughts or good people. I really like these people here. I don't bother them. They don't bother me, but they encourage me. How do you think we can get more people? Wow. I think people... What mind. do you think the barriers are? I think the people... The barriers, they think it's too tough. They think it's like, oh, look at them. They're working out. They're trying to make big muscle. Look, we're old. This is all about my mobility. This is all about your life. You, you eat better. And I'll be honest, 
my, um, let's call it my body functions have uh, gotten better. And I'm not going to tell you each one because um, I don't want to have to prove it. <laughs> You're going to have to take my word for it. When are you going to do a long distance bike again? Uh, I'm ready to do it now. I just, uh, right now I have a wedding that I'm looking forward to. Um, my son is getting married. Joe and I are going to Cabo. Cabo. And the countdown. Uh, you got a month. Got, yeah, it's a little less than five weeks. I should stop eating now then, huh? I'm, I stopped eating. I can't wait to eat all those. Shirt. No, in fact, I'm going to be good down there also. I want to be, I want to be the example. I really want to be the example uh, for my old friends. All my friends, I've, and this is something I want to share with you. All the guys that I was riding with all these years, I'm the only one still riding in my group. I was riding with over 40 people over the years. We were like a group. I'm the only one left. Not that anybody died, but they just gave up. They gave into fragility that didn't have to be there. So, and I'm not a tough guy. I'm just a speech therapist. I, I thank you for this conversation. I um, wish everyone was as enthusiastic as you are about fitness. Sometimes I still feel like I got to pull teeth, teeth out and convince people. Um, but I think it's great. And I think it, it proves and shows how taking care of uh, all the aspects of fitness can positively affect one's life. Um, and I'm grateful that I'm in, in, in this type of position. And we can have a conversation like this. Is the, the class just started from an idea with, uh, it was one-on-one -on -one with me and Jamie at first, uh, trying to figure out how to get some function back, uh, which this class, by the way, keeps me on my, on my toes because I have to be creative. There's a balance of, it has to be difficult enough but not break anyone and uh, challenging in different aspects and different athletes have different imbalances. Uh, you got a wrist here, you got a knee there, you got a hand that doesn't work as well. And how do we still get the stimulus that I wanted it to? So all of it is great. Um, and hopefully we can maybe reach one or two more people and bring them in and get a, keep the group going. I wish you would because then I think you'd be putting some doctors out of business because uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't seen my doctor for anything or even had the thought of going to see my doctor since I've been coming here. I made my first doctor's appointment in eight years. Wow. wow. I, I, th I think it was time to go. Just get a, get a little touch up. It's nice to know what your baselines <laughs> are, but um, no, they, you guys are great. Here. You're great. Thank you, Joe. Any last words? I think you just gave me my last word. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thank See you. you guys. Bye. Goodbye. Make sure to check out the Deuce Athletics and Gym blog with daily knowledge bombs written by our coaches. Our Coaches Prep Online is an interactive course to learn not only how to be a coach, but to demonstrate what real leadership is. Free trial via prep.deucegym.com. Use code word SHOWMECOACH on the Deuce Gym Pro Shop to receive 15% discount on your whole order. Keep an eye out for Project Speed camps near you. And as always, for questions, comments, concerns, or features, email us at radio at deuceathletics.com.